shows were on. Blog I we're on Facebook. Radio. About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. Yeah. Yeah. See how it's not playing. Yes, it did. I don't know. I just hit the button again. This is all about wine. Yeah, I just hit it again. Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I I just, I love that. Share your question or comments using the live chat feature on our website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Again, that's www.allaboutwinebtr.com. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Here we are. Yeah, I think we're having uh, Facebook connection issues or something. Yeah, that, uh, you know, maybe when you put the little yeah. topical introduction to the opening there, hmm. it might have... I don't know. That that was getting, strange. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting errors on this end. Oh, there we go. We have a caller. Hello, caller. You're on the air. calling in. from the last call team. The wrong phone number. Yeah. Atlanta. Punching on and That is... That is right next to your your uh, microphone. It's right it? here, right next to the computer. Yeah, that's it, it's right here. Yeah, I mean the base is right here. I mean if it were you know if it were not hmm. the base, it wouldn't ring so loud. It ring somewhere else. But the base is right here. So yes, it is very loud. I think um, I think I am having connection issues on my Facebook? call. Um, well, yeah, I'm getting a bunch of. Uh, errors on Facebook's deal and ah. it could be my could be my connection to the internet uh, let me oh test. wow anyway I'm let me um, uh, you're going to leave us for a minute yeah let me leave for a minute uh, for yeah I'm going to leave this in because it's uh, yeah I've got 15 errors now on Facebook so wow. let, me, uh, let me get up redo my internet real quick and I'll be right back I may just right. you, I don't know I'll be right All back right. I'll be right back I'll get back I'll be right back. I'll be back. Yeah, Mike just is going to go to see if he can take care of Facebook because of all the errors. We might not have Facebook listeners out there. Then again, we might. Who knows? Uh, when you're doing electronics and with your uh, 
studio boards and stuff like that, it is sometimes very difficult to try to figure out what is actually going on. So he is trying to check and see what's happening with his Facebook listeners or with his Facebook connection or with his connection and find out if we have Facebook people out there. And if you are out there and you're Facebook people, then hi. Thanks for listening. If you're not hooked up Facebook, then all of you other listeners looking at some statistics and we find we're getting quite a few listeners on these shows. Thanks. I appreciate it. It is always odd to sit and talk into a microphone with a computer screen in front of you and not know if anybody listens, but you are. So I do appreciate that. That is a nice feeling to know that people are enjoying the show. I guess you enjoy the show. People are out there and enjoying the show and listening and all that. If you have any questions or anything, get in touch with us. I I really am uh, anxious to hear from Sunday. I have heard from people in the past, and it's always fun to hear from people and find out what you're thinking and what your thoughts are, what you think of the show, or topics you'd like to cover or anything like that. I try to keep up with everything as much as I can and try to pass on stuff to you as much as I can. And keep things new, telling you about new products and new things. But sometimes I might miss something that you are curious about. And if that is the case, then you know how to get in touch with us. Do so, and I'll respond to you. If you don't want to be on the show, then that's okay, too. You can always email me at allaboutwine101 at gmail.com. And or you can uh, go through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash allaboutwinebtr. And either one of those I check and I will be happy to get back with you or address it on the show or one way or the other answer your questions or your comments or something. Always do like to hear from me. And those of you who have contacted me in the past, thanks. I do appreciate like hearing from you also. Uh, Mike dropped the call completely. I guess he's having problems out there. So I don't know. I will. Uh, there's. Uh, well, let's see what we can talk about for a couple of minutes. I know what I can do. I can tell you what food is coming up this week. And we can get that out of the way. Today's the 12th, poinsettia day. If you haven't got your Christmas poinsettias, then do so. If you own cats or dogs, don't get them because they're highly poisonous to those pets. So keep the poinsettias if you do get them up high or not in the house at all. Tomorrow, ice cream day. Who cares how cold it is outside? Ice cream is always good inside. So ice cream day. And you can have some bubbly wine with ice cream too. Some some bubbly. We're talking about bubbly tonight too. That'll be our topic. Saturday, roast chestnuts day. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. If uh, if you've ever had roast chestnuts, they're good. I One ch- time in my life, I had a chance to have roast chestnuts. They are very good. They were very expensive. And that's why I pretty much stayed away from them. And Saturday's National Bouillabaisse Day. And I asked my engineer here, Bouillabaisse is what? Cold soup? No, no, 
Oh, that's Vichy Swan. What's Booya Base? Uh oh, I got her stumped. Okay, I got her stumped. And Mike's not on. Oh, there, I think he's back. So we'll see if he's click on this here. Yeah, I know. You here? Facebook here. <laughs> uh, yes, Facebook is on. All right, very good. So, so I finally, finally got through here. Yeah, wow. Another, Interesting. Another issue. Yes, no. yes. Thank you. Okay. That so, bus uh, people. It's so warm. There's little. Yeah. Yeah, we were. Uh, I was just giving. Just, just talking about food for this coming week. Uh, today is poinsettia day, and I warned everyone about pets because poinsettias are poisonous to cats and dogs. So, you know, no, no poinsettias on animals. Tomorrow, ice cream day, and I suggested sparkling wine with ice cream, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight on the program: some sparkling wine. And then Saturday, roast chestnuts day, and National Booyah Base Day. And I'm not sure what booyah base is. And I asked my engineer and I got her stumped even. So mm, what is it? Sometimes. Booyah base. B-O-U-I-L-L-A-B-A-I-S-S-E. Oh. Yeah, I know what, I know exactly what it is. It's a uh, traditional province. Provincial fish stew originating from the port city of Marseille. Oh, uh, fish stew. Yeah, oh. yeah. It's just something that I just uh, remembered from. Just remembered. Oh, that's good. That's right. In <laughs> fact, I said that. I said, as soon as Mike gets back, he'll be able to tell us what food he makes because he knows that stuff. And sure enough, sure yeah. enough, you. Yeah, I think. Let me close Wikipedia down. There we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh no. No. Yeah. Uh, oh, was that on? Oh, okay. I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> that was on. Uh, traditional fish stew. All right. So that's National Booyah Base Day is coming up on uh, on Saturday. Sunday is National Lemon Cupcake Day. Monday, National Chocolate-Covered Anything Day. And that sounds like fun. So you can cover anything in chocolate, open up some red wine, and just enjoy the heck out of it. You're so, a fish, too. Sounds good. Sounds good on yeah, the you know, the chocolate-covered mm, booyah day. Chocolate. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, chocolate-covered anything. Can't wait. Yeah. Anything. It does, you know, I mean, chocolate-covered anything day. I can't mm. emphasize it anything enough. <clears throat> 17th Tuesday is National Maple Syrup Day. And uh you know and you say, What wine? Well, get yourself a mead made sweet like with maple syrup and you've got yourself taken care of there. Wednesday, bake cookies day and national roast suckling pig day. That's pretty specific there. National Roast Suckling Pig. Not Roast Pig, but National Roast Suckling Pig Day. And then next Thursday, which is 19th, Oatmeal Muffin Day and National Hard Candy Day. So a couple of of them there you can enjoy before the show next week. And that's our food for this week. Uh, My engineer just brought me 
Hawaiian for the evening because she felt bad not remembering or not knowing what Booyah Base is, so she rewarded me with wine. This is uh, Payoff. That's the name of it, Payoff. Alexander Valley Red Blend. This is a 2017 vintage. The label says... Every harvest, there is a shed. There is shed of blood, sweat, and tears. Sounds like a good name for a band. It is a hard and sometimes risky job, but the payoff is worth it. What better reward than a bold, rich red blend packed with dark fruits and a lush mouthfeel? Vented and bottled by a state-of-the-art Sonoma County. California. State of the art. A state, a state, the state of the art. I never heard of that before. I said, must, is that a vineyard? It has to be. So a state of the art. Uh, then the warnings on there and the barcode and all that. That's it. Nothing else. I just looked at this barcode, a thought here. I looked at this barcode. Most places require a barcode. A number of years ago at the winery, Many years ago, I, I'm, oh, geez, this had to be 15 years ago, back in uh, the mid-2000s. Somebody mentioned something to us about uh, the new uh, QR codes and that they were starting to become a thing, and so we created QR codes for the winery and there's a generator on the internet that you can create them. And we created our QR codes for the wines for the winery and it never took off for some reason. The way that people were telling us and the way that we're talking about QR codes are going to be on everything. This was 15 years ago. Haven't seen it that much. They are out there, no doubt, and they're on a fair number of things. But some of the trade magazines I get have QR codes on everything, uh, advertisements and stuff like that. They're always a QR code, but not in the stores as much as I expected or as much as I anticipated. So, uh, but I just saw this UPC code on here, and I was. Uh, uh, UPC, I shouldn't say code because it's universal product code. And if I say code, it's repetitious. So, so this UPC on here and reminding me of the QR code. Payoff. It is hmm, nice. It's got a, a fruity smell. Geez, that surprises me. I expected something yeah, a little bit lighter, fruitier smell. You can detect the the dark fruit, but mashed up dark fruit. You can take a blackberry and smell it, and then you can squeeze it in your fingers and smell it again, and you get more fruitiness. This really smells like a mashed blackberry as opposed to just smelling the fruit itself, which is a, a good smell. Don't get me wrong. That's probably what it should smell like. Uh, for those of you out there who are into the legs of the wine, this one has... Fairly nice legs. Low acidic. 
fact, the acid in that first sip almost overpowers the, the flavors. Let me do my second sip. Always two. Never judge a wine on your first sip. Always on your second. That's better. The acid is not as pronounced on the second sip, I guess, with just the first one. Decent finish. Not real long, but not real short. It has some nice fruitiness. Uh, blackberry, again, comes out. A hint of plum in the background, but not as, not as pronounced. The blackberry seems to be the predominant fruit I'm tasting in this. It is... Uh, light, but no, not real light, but the taste isn't as mouthfeel as they predicted on the bottle, but it is pleasant. It's got some nice flavors. It is not very tannic. Uh, in fact, the tannins are almost non-existent. It's one of those drink now wines. You don't put this down for very long or else you're going to start losing anything that's in it. So, But very pleasant. A very pleasant wine. A very nice wine. 2017 Alexander Valley Red Blend uh, called Payoff. Uh, a very simple label. One of them we picked up on our last wine venture out. So tell you about that tonight. Speaking of wines and what I've told you about Last week, we were talking about the wine advent calendar. I thought, you know, that might be fun. I think I'm going to check and see if I can't get one of those. So I went to the drink. I guess that's how they pronounce D-R-I-N-J-K. So if the J is silent, it's pronounced drink. So drink wines. And what they had available and what they were doing and all that. And, oh, they've changed it even. No, they haven't. There it is. They have different things. They have drinks 12 days of wine. And it is $59. And it's the 12 days, like the 12 days of Christmas. You have one each day. And so the 12 days of wine. And uh, they have have that available. They also have drinks three-month Christmas wine membership. And then the drinks luxury wine advent calendar. Well, the 12 days of wine is $59. The membership is 48 And the luxury wine advent calendar is sold out. And when I looked it up last week, it was sold out. That thing went fast. This is through their website. Now, I don't know if you can find any anywhere else, but I would rather doubt it. The bottle are the, yeah, the bottles, the wine drink bottles that they come in are long, tall, skinny bottles. They're like nine and a half inches tall. They are... Uh, six and a half ounce bottles, not the six ounce, but six and a half ounce. And they said they partner with the best wineries. Each glass holds six, oh, 6.3 ounces. I, I was thinking 6.5. Wine from seven of the world's best regions and enough in each bottle for two people, which 
I suppose if you feel like sharing with your partner, you can get two out of it. They have a wine membership club, a uh, packaging. The advent calendar is uh, pretty cool. They have each of the dates on the calendar with these little thin bottles in it, and you can pull each one of them up individually each day. And it's really, really pretty cool. But again, it is sold out, so no need to get too excited about it. Uh, it's amazing. And they also have, like I said, the 12 days of Christmas, Advent, stuff like that. Going to have to keep in track of these for next year to see what they might have for the advent calendar if it goes well. They may do it again next year. They have corporate gifts. They have popular gifts. Uh, let's see what they say. The most popular gift items they are, of course, the advent calendar. You know, uh, The three-month Christmas wine membership is one of their gifts and stuff like that. So, if you want to get a hold of them, you can do so. Just go to drink.com, D-R-I-N-J-K, drink.com, and see what they are selling and what they're doing and all that stuff. So, and tell you about a couple of the wineries out there and what they're doing and what's coming up with them. As always, we've got some... Heard from a new winery, 12 Spies Vineyard. 12 Spies Vineyard is located in, I have no idea. Uh, well, here's www.12spiesvineyard12 with the number 12. 12 they spies. are on Black Ranch, Black Ranch Road. Uh, Raven Gap, Georgia. Oh, okay. Uh, I have no idea where that is in Georgia, but uh, grab the map here. According to my recollection of Georgia's geography, uh, (laughs) they are located. Let me zoom out here in my memory. Where in the world? Oh, they're in the they're in the north part of Georgia. They're they're uh, in between Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Charlotte, um, whatever Charlotte that is. Is that North Carolina? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're they're in the very northern part of Georgia. There you go. Yeah. Just just north of Clayton. Yay! <laughs> yeah, look that up. Hey, right. hey. Strictly yeah. from memory because I know where a lot of stuff is. Yes, I know you do. You even knew what Booyah Base was. So um, I made a note of that because if they send me stuff, I don't want to say, hey, where are they located? Uh, it says, they're coming to a close of another year, but getting ready for the holidays. And they want to thank the customers for a great blessed year. In July, they released their Cinco Vino, which is a sangria-stalled wine. October, they released the Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir. They have a 2017 Barbera, which will be released in January. And the tasting room uh, is being expanded with new 12-foot maple tables and stone stairs from the parking lot. Uh, Constructing a new 2,000-square-foot building uh, expansion. 
And let's see what else is like Christmas hours will be closed Monday the 23rd, the 24th, Tuesday, and Wednesday the 25th, open the 26th through the 30th. And then Monday the 30th, open from 12 to 5, 31st, 12 to 5, and close the 1st. So if you are up in their neck of the wood in North Georgia between Chattanooga and Charlotte, then watch your calendar are your dates for the closings and all that. Check them out at www.12, as in the number 12, spies, S-P-I-E-S, vineyards.com. Uh, new one. Hope they continue sending me stuff. I uh, I appreciate that. So if you are a winery, you know somebody has a winery, have them get in touch. Have them send me a... a email or something, what they're doing, or put me on their newsletter, and I'll be happy to talk about it. Tassel Ridge Winery, they are in Iowa, like in Iowa, uh, southeast of Des Moines, which is the big city in the capital middle of the state. Tassel Ridge has their personalized wine labels, which are great holiday gifts. They have red, white, and blue wine jelly that they say is a great stocking stuffer. Holiday special, uh, half price off on shipping of a case or more. And they're also offering other items and different things for the holidays. So you can get a hold of them. Tassel, uh, Tassel Ridge, let's see. I just have their email address here in front of me. Tasselridge.com, that's correct. Tasselridge.com, you can get a hold of them there. Uh, sweeter wines, uh, let you know. Uh, most of them are, tend to be a little bit sweeter, so that is available there. Tablas Creek, as always, has sent out their e-letter. Good read if you... Uh, don't have it or don't get it, then it's worth a subscribe. Tabliscreek.com, just info at tablas, T-A-B-L-A-S, tabliscreek.com. And you can get their e-letter sent to you. Uh, interesting one here. It's the rains and snows and all that are coming in, and they're talking about that and what's what's happening there. They are located in Sudbury, Massachusetts, so they are up in cold country there right now, very cold country right now, but uh, very good newsletter. It's it's really, really an interesting newsletter. Whispering Oaks, we know them. There are Francis north of us here. They're located up in uh, Oxford, Florida at winesofflorida.com and they've got their their weekend steak night as always reservations required every Saturday night 28.50 per person plus tax gratuity and alcohol extra taste rooms open at 11 uh, they have a midweek wine down two for one glass of wine Tuesday through Thursday Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday Live music coming up on the weekends and 13th, 14th, and 15th, which is this weekend. 
today's the 12th, so the next four days, or three days after today. They also are happy to have friends with a horse and carriage uh, out this weekend for rides, uh, December 12th and 21st. $30 for two people. You get yourself a pretty decent ride around the property there. It's a big property. And they have a horse and a very nice white buggy carriage. You're not uh, really, it's uh, it's a three-seater, uh, four-seater if you want to count the backward facing seat with the driver and two seats and all that. But $30 for two people and get a ride. And then they are having New Year's Eve events and all. So keep that in mind. Whispering Oaks Winery in Oxford, Florida, just north of Tampa, east of Gainesville at Wines of Florida.com. And I think there was another one. Uh, Maybe it was here. I'm pretty sure there was another one I saw. Uh, No, guess not. Okay. I got a letter or an email from a girl asking if I still had the spice wine from the winery. And that was almost two years, um, almost three years ago. Let's see, we closed down in February the 20th of 2017. So almost three years ago uh, that we closed down. Even the, the case we save for our own consumption has long been gone. So Anyone wanting wine from Florida State's winery, I, I don't think there's any available. Maybe some people somewhere have some stashed away, but pretty much done with wine. Would it from still Florida be good State. if it's? Would it still be it good if it's never they, been opened? Yeah, probably. It depends on how they store it. I mean, it, they're not going to store it in the garage or something, but they right keep in the house and keep the house at a decent temperature. It should be good. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I have. That's um, funny. You mentioned that because I have two bottles, and I know there's a there's one that has not been opened. I don't know if it's the spice or not. I think it's the. Um, oh, what was the white? Oh God, I can't remember the name. It's in the, it's in the other room. Um, but it's, it's been in the counter. I it might be, but it, I mean it has yeah. a seal and everything. I just like wow. I haven't touched this wine. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. Hmm. Show it. Drink it. Good holiday yeah, drink for you there. Check that out. Yeah, I, I was concerned that you know after I just saw it like two days ago, and I thought, I wonder if this is still good, but it's been it's such a long time ago. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, it's we'll been laying on the side. Show it, drink it, and if it's bad, you'll yeah. know. But you know, it's <laughs> yeah, it, come back with my full report next. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but that you know, those are some of the few bottles. There's some people that have some out there. I know they do, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not a lot. There's, there's people are hanging on to it. And I tell them, this is it, no more. And they go, oh, I have to keep this and make it last. Well, I'm, you know, tell them, don't make it last yeah. too long. But you know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're always talking about, you know, wine is meant to drink, and then, you know, you just mentioned that, and I thought, yeah, wow, it has been, it's been a few years, and now I'm thinking, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's, uh, I don't. Perfectly sealed and it hasn't been in the heat or you know extreme temperatures or anything, so it, it should yeah, be. It's, it's, it's shipping that much better. Good. It's hard to say. It, it really is hard yeah. to say. You know, if you okay. haven't been messing with it, if it's been laying there, it hasn't been direct oh. sunlight, and 
and stuff. It, it just it might have lasted. So, yeah. But well, chill and enjoy it for yeah. enjoy it for the holidays. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Awesome. So, <clears throat> all right, we are going to do a little discussion about sparkling wines or champagne or prosecco or cremant or whatever you want to get because it is a couple of weeks actually two weeks from yesterday is christmas and we also have kwanzaa and uh hanukkah and uh, oh i saw in the paper the other day like four different ones four or five different ones around this holiday season some i've never heard of but you know whatever you celebrate and then we got new year's coming up three weeks from yesterday so that's usually a big champagne day. So whatever you celebrate and all that, most people use this time of year to break out their bubbly. And I've told you over and over and over again, you don't have to wait for the holiday season to open up a bottle of sparkling wine or a bubbly. You can do it anytime because it's good anytime. It is still wine and you can get a reasonably priced, but people seem to be stuck on the holiday season for the bubbly and the New Year's Eve. That's fine. That's that's wonderful. You're still drinking it. That, that's always a good thing. But I'm going to tell you about the different types, and I'm going to go into a little bit of them and tell you about what they are and where you can get them and what, you know, well, not where you can get them. You can get them at any wine shop, but where they come from and different things about each one. We have discussed, I think, all of these over the past, oh, my gosh, 10 years, almost 11 years. We've discussed all of these at one time or another. But it's always good for a review. So that's uh, that's how we're going to uh, do I'm I'm sorry. I was looking at stuff, and I, whenever I do that, I tend to concentrate on that, what I'm saying. Uh, is this the article I want? Yes. Sparkling wines are Cava or Champagne or Prosecco or Cremant or whatever. Usually around the holidays when you celebrate it. But the difference is between wines such as Champagne and Cava and how they get their bubbles is something that needs to be explained. All right. The myth we like best in the story is that Monk Dom Perignon discovered champagne and that is a myth that's not really how it started but that's always a good story and that's always a good thing that you can tell people and they like to hear but in reality he didn't discover the sparkling wine sparkling wine is a carbonated wine a wine that has bubbles okay which usually takes on the name of the region of the country that is that it's from the carbonation in sparkling wine is created using one of two methods, the method champagne or the champagne method, or Toto Italiano, which is also known as the Charmant Martinotti method. The one we're so used to is just the champagne method. There are many legends on how it came to be created, but the myth is, again, that Monk Dom Perignon. Basically, the story is that in the 1600s, the monk was making white wine in the Champagne region of France. He decided to bottle the wine 
he had fermented earlier than usual because when he checked the fermentation tanks, it seemed to him that the yeast had finished converting all the sugars to alcohol. Okay, and that's what happens in wine, wine 101. We put it in there and you let the yeast eat up the sugars and it turns into alcohol. The byproduct is oxygen. So that's why you put a balloon on the top of your little carboys when you're doing it at home. You watch the balloon get bigger. When he checked the fermentation tanks, it seemed that it had finished. In fact, the temperature in the Champagne region had been so cold that the yeast in the tanks had simply gone to sleep, even though they weren't eating all the sugar. So when spring came and the wines and the bottles began to get warmer, the yeast woke up and hurriedly began eating all of the leftover sugar that was in the bottles. As they ate the sugar, the carbon dioxide they were creating had no place to escape as it would in large fermentation tanks. So instead, the CO2 was absorbed by the wine, thereby carbonating it. And that can be done not just with champagne, with anything. You can you can get a carbonated wine just by leaving a little bit of sugar and a little bit of yeast in it. That's why you got to kill the yeast when you are making wine. Be sure that yeast is dead before you put it in the bottle. And there's different ways to do that, but you got to be sure there's no yeast left or no active yeast left because if there is any in there and most people like their sweeter wine especially the home brews and stuff you are going to have a problem with that yeast coming back around and starting to eat that and you're going to start getting some very explosive literally wine and so you got to be careful with that but when Dom Perignon went to check on his wine he encountered corks popping all around him he tasted the wine and loved the results, thus the birth of champagne. Okay, now that is the story. Since the discovery of the champagne method, which is often called the traditional method, champagne has exploded around the world, becoming the most well-known and highly regarded sparkler. Okay, now, while the story of Dom Perignon is a myth, and pretty sure it isn't true. It is a great way to explain champagne and how it comes about. Using the, the method, Don Perignon discovered that a secondary fermentation of the bottle could be used to create the bubbles we associate with sparkling wine. So since the discovery of the champagne method, we've always called this the traditional method, uh, which because that's where it originated over in the Champagne region of France. Now, whether Dom Perignon discovered it or whoever, it's always been referred to as the traditional method. And since then, Champagne has really exploded around the world, no pun intended, uh, beco becoming the one of the most well-known and highly regarded sparklers, uh, Champagne itself. A bottle of Dom Perignon is going to cost you $120, I think. I saw it at the store when I was out there. Pink champagne is going to run you another $20 more than that. 
Down, there are other sparkling wines around the world, Spanish Cava being one of them, C-A-V-A, which is a, a sparkling wine made in basically the champagne method. But we can't call it champagne. Now, you probably know this, but it is worth repeating. The There is laws that state that and without getting into the reasoning and all that, and I talked about prohibition last week. Was it? Yeah, it was just last week. I talked about prohibition. And one of the things is place protection. And uh, that was after World War One. And, and Champagne is protected. The name in the area is protected. The brand is protected. So if it is from the Champagne region of France and it's a sparkling wine, it can be called Champagne. Just as Kleenex is referred to as a Kleenex, but actually that is a name of a brand. It's facial tissues is really what it is. And just like Kleenex, all facial tissues tend to be referred to as Kleenex. And just like any sparkling wine, all sparkling wine tends to be referred to as champagne. But in reality, they are not and they cannot be called that because of laws, place designation and place uh, protection. So, sparkling wines have four levels of sweetness. The level of sweetness will be printed on the bottle. So, you can always check the bottle and, and see how sweet it is. Now, it's worth noting these because it can be confusing. All right. Extra Brut, B-R-U-T. This is the driest of the sparkling wines that you can buy. Uh, the yeast has eaten absolutely all the sugars and there is a complete absence of it in the wine. So it is the driest, extra brute. So if you see that, you're going to get a very dry, sparkling wine. Brute, B-R-U-T, is the most popular. You see this everywhere. In fact, most of the sparkling wine bottles you see, if you're walking down the shelf and look at them, most of them do have brute on it. This is the most popular. The wine is dry, but there's just a hint of sweetness. The fermentation process is stopped just before the yeast ate all of the sugars, leaving just a tiny bit behind in the wine. So, and because of that, it the yeast is dead. It's not going to eat any more of the sugars, and therefore it still gives you a little bit of sweetness. And champagne, actually, the true champagne is the most common sparkler to be labeled brut. If you get French champagne, you're going to find brut on most all of them. Extra dry. This type of sparkler is dry, but not as dry as brut or extra brut. All right. Now, this can be confusing, so be sure you remember this when you're shopping. Extra dry means it retains a slight sweetness. It's not sugary sweet, although they are noticeably sweeter than the brute wines. Prosecco is the 
is most often extra dry. And it's, we'll talk about Prosecco in a moment here. So if you see extra dry, that is going to be sweeter than Brut. So know that if you're looking for something that has a little bit of sweetness to it. Demisec, D-E-M-I-S-E-C, Demisec. This is a sweet sparkling wine. Demisec is usually used with dessert, and it is noticeably sweeter. So Demisec, if you're looking for a sweet champagne from the Champagne region or from anybody, Demisec is for the sweet method. Okay. Champagne, if done in the original method, can be very expensive because it allows wine to ferment the tank. And then again, in each individual bottle for a minimum of 15 months. So looking for a faster and cheaper way to create quality sparkling wine, Frenchman Eugene Traumat and separately in Italy, Federico Martinotti discovered that what is now known as the Charmat Martinotti method. In this method, the wine is transferred from its first fermentation vat to a second sealed pressurized tank where it undergoes secondary fermentation to create its carbonation. Then the carbonated wine is bottled and shipped to market. All right, so it's not in the bottle like champagne, but in the tank. This is how all Italian Prosecco is made. The difference is the ultimate taste. Wines in the Charmant Martinotti method tend to be younger and fruitier, while wines in the Champagne method tend to be drier and less fruity. All right, so there's a, a basic lesson about sparkling wines. So let's talk about some sparkling wines here. We mentioned Prosecco. Let's talk a little bit about Prosecco. Prosecco wines are Italian's most popular sparklers. <coughs> Excuse me. There are, there's more to Prosecco than affordable bubbly. All right. Technically, Prosecco is a sparkling wine that originates from the Valdobbiadin region in Veneto, Italy. And for all of you people who are Italian or speak Italian, I'm sorry I destroyed that. V-A-L-D-O-B-B-I-A-D-E-N-E, Valdobbiadin region in Veneto. The wine is made from Prosecco grapes. Okay, that's the name, Prosecco grapes, also called Glera, and made into wine using the Charmat sparkling method, which is one I just you know told you about, which gives wine approximately three atmospheres of pressure. This means Prosecco's bubbles typically last longer than beer, which has approximately 1.5 atmospheres of pressure, but not usually as long as champagne, which get five to six atmospheres of pressure. So you're not going to get the bubblies as long with your, with your Prosecco, only three atmospheres of pressure. 
or something I bet you didn't know before. Prosecco taste. Most Prosecco wines are produced in a dry root style. However, due to the grapes' fruity flavor of green apple, honeydew, melon, pear, and honeysuckle, it usually seems sweeter than it is. Even though Brut is the most popular sweetness level of Prosecco sold in the market, that you can find styles that are sweeter if you look for them. Brut is, well, 12 grams a liter residual sugar. as up to a half gram of sugar per glass. Extra dry, 12 to 17 grams a liter, just over a gram of sugar per glass. And then dry is up to... Uh, just over half a gram, I said on the extra dry. I might have said just gram, half a gram. And then dry is up to a gram of sugar per glass. Okay, if you haven't had extra dry, this song offers a great balance between the fruitiness, the acidity, and the sweetness. Prosecco should be served cold. And it's most often served and probably best in the champagne-style glasses, the two champagne-style glasses to watch for the bubbles. It is great to make a mimoso if you're having guests or something. It uh, orange juice and uh, in two parts of sparkling wine, one part of orange juice, and make a mimoso. Prosecco on food is very easy. It goes with just about everything. Uh, chicken, tofu, shrimp, pork dishes, uh, or you can go Thai, Vietnamese, Hong Kong, Singaporean cuisines, anything from Southeast. Uh, pretty much all aperitif wine or foods are great with Prosecco. So there's lots of range of the Prosecco wine. There are designations. These are Italian designations. And uh, I'm I'm not going to get into each one. Uh, DOC is the one that you'll probably see most often. Prosecco DOC is the most common quality level of Prosecco, which can be made in nine provinces spanning Veneto and Frelli Venzia. geophilia regions and then you've got other more precise regions that come in after that after the DOC uh, DOCG uh, DOCG uh, designated different areas and micro regions which it's going to cost you more it's going to be good but if you just say DOC on it then that's really what you need to look for there is a rare natural Prosecco called Full Col Fondo. And it is a um, a, a, a bubbly, but it's uh, cloudy, sweet different than what you're going to find in others. It's rare, uh, a little bit sour, and uh, sort of a mushroomy, funkiness to it. If you find one, uh, it's going to be expensive. I doubt very soon you're going to be picking up one just for the holidays. 
you want to try one on your own. Uh, it's Cole Fundo, C-O-L-F-O-N-D-O. So if you are the adventurous type, and you can check that out. Where is Prosecco made? Uh, it is made in Italy. There is uh, the uh, Conga Liano Valdobianadin uh, region is a uh, hilly region. Uh, it's been made in this area for three over 300 years, and it is a uh, very popular wine now. One of the most popular on the market because it is really rather inexpensive compared to uh, champagnes and even some United States domestic uh, sparkling wines. The Prosecco is still reasonably priced and good. We've also got Cava, C-A-V-A. This is a Spanish sparkling wine. Uh, This is a, a good wine for the price. It is sparkling made the same way as the champagne is produced, but with different grapes. So it is used the traditional champagne method. It is uh, the grapes that are used in the Cava grapes are five main groups. uh, And I'm going to destroy every one of these names because I'm not going to look up the pronunciation of each one. Uh, Macabu, M-A-C-A-B-E-U, which is a white grape. A Paralada, P-A-R-E-L-L-A-D-A, a a white grape. Azrael Lo, X-A-R-E-L-L-O, white. And Chardonnay, which is a white grape. Pinot Noir, a red grape. Grenache, a red grape. And Monastrel, which is a red grape. These are used to make the Cava wines, the sparkling Cava. Uh, The Macabu, also called Viro in Rojo is the primary grape use in cava. Uh, its taste is pretty simple. Uh, faint floral or, uh, aromatics, lemony flavors, a slight bitterness to the finish, which is like green almonds, if you're familiar with that. Uh, the Chero grape, and I pronounce it wrong, I pronounce it Chero uh, is much more aromatic and rich with pear lemon notes. And then the last grape, the Peralta, is blended because uh, the high acidity and citrus flavors in it. And these are what makes the cava. Not usually sweet. Cava tends to be uh, closer to non vintage champagne or American-style champagne. Uh, there are the three basic styles, the Brut and Brut nat- Nature Cava, which is fruity and um, uh, lighter, lower in calories. It is good for cocktails and lager. Brut Nature is three grams per liter residual sugar. Extra Brut, six grams per liter. Brut. 12 grams and semi seco 12 to 17 grams per liter, also known as extra dry. Again, when you start looking at champagne, you see that extra dry, those are usually the sweeter ones. 
Cava Rosé, very popular. You can find those all over the place. It's pink. What they do is they take their ganache grape and the uh, Minestrel, which is actually a Malverde grape. I just saw this here. The Malverde grape also the Minestrel. And make them pink. You leave the skin on it and age them and make them pink, which gives you a nutty, toasty flavors, which really come out in almost all the Cava wines. Uh, Look for designation also, uh, Cava DO, which is the official classification of Cava, which is Dominican de origin, and it is uh, from the Cava region, which is next to Barcelona and in the Ibro River Valley in Rojo. So, Roja, Roja, J-A-Ha. It uh, is cheaper than most of your sparkling wines. You're going to find the Cava is really pretty reasonably priced. It tends to be drier, though, so watch the taste. And Cava's tend to have a little bit of bite to them. Not unpleasant, not bad, but just a little bit of bite that makes it very interesting and, and a very good wine to go with uh, a lot of stuff like I say appetizers and different things like that it's, it's very good with that as long as you uh, don't have anything that's too too strong uh, of an appetizer it will pair well with it pick up the pink cave rosé that's probably going to be the cheapest bubbly you're going to find that's a rosé is the cava. The rest of them are going to run you a little bit more. So that's the Spanish sparklingized cava. We also have a another French sparkling wine, and that is the Cremant. And it's a sparkling wine made in the same technique or style as Champagne, but it's outside the Champagne region. Okay, uh, the Cremant is not in the specified Champagne region, so it is Cremant. Now, they have different designations for the different areas. There's Cremant de Bordeaux, Cremant de Lourdes, uh, Cremant de Luxembourg, Cremant de Alsace, Alsace, the Cremant de Bourgogne. Cremant de Rora, Cremant de Sauvé, Cremant de Die, D-I-E, and Cremant de Lemoyes. These are all throughout the country of uh, France, and they are all sparking style wines, but they're not champagnes. It's a great alternative, actually. The regulations for Cremant are less stringent than those of the Champagne. And there are some strict laws in France and wine laws. And the regions will vary and all that. They still have to adhere to the requirements and the manual harvesting of grapes and whole bunch pressing with limited extraction and uh, have to age it for a minimum of nine months on lees. And I mean, it's just, there's still got a lot of, rules and regulations, but 
the Champaign region itself is even more strict in the rules and regulations. Each of the different ones, each of the different regions have different grapes that they use. Uh, not all, but most of them, each of them have different grapes uh, or different combination of grapes. And they, the prices are usually uh, better than you're going to find in, in anything else. Now, the, the big one, Cremant d'Alsace, the A-L-S-A-C-E d'Alsace, is the uh, biggest, more than 50% of all the French Cremant is made in this region. Uh, the white grapes, Pinot, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Gris, Riesling, Chardonnay, and Pinot Noir, and the rosé is made from 100% Pinot Noir, uh, which is required for rosé. And so it has to be 100% Pinot Noir. The soil and the area and everything is perfect for the growth. It's located on the far eastern edge of France. And it is uh, uh, most... Most of them are blends of, of uh, using Pinot Blanc as a base. And so that if you're looking for them, if you find them, Cremant d'Alsace is probably going to be the one that you're going to see most often because that's the one that is most common, the biggest, and it's shipped the most often. Then you have all the other regions, which I just uh, mentioned to you. There is uh, a couple of things on the label. If you're looking for quality, these are two terms to check out for a bottle of Cremant de Bourgogne. Eminent. This is a minimum of 24 months on the lease, or Grand Eminent, which is a minimum of 20 or 36 months on the lease. And only Pinot Noir and Chardonnay are allowed, with a minimum of 10% alcohol. So, if you're looking at Cremant de Bourgogne, that is rules there. You're going to pay more for that, too. I guarantee you, you will be paying more for that. And then they have all the other reasons, uh, regions of the different Cremants that are available and stuff like that. But looking for an alternative, and they are on the shelves. I, you know, when I was out doing the last wine trip, I was looking at the sparking wines up on the shelf. There's quite a few Cremants there. Quite a few Cremants that are rosés. I was surprised at how many of them were actually rosés on the shelf, which is surprising for me. But then we have sparkling wine, all right? This is what we call the wines here in the United States. All over the place, everybody's making sparkling wines. Got a catalog from Harry and David. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Harry and David, but Harry and David is the fruit shippers at Christmas. We got ourselves a nice gift from um, some people last Christmas, a box of apples and pears. They were absolutely delicious. And because they, Harry and David had our address, they shipped us a catalog this Christmas. And much to my amazement, Harry and David do wine. They have a label, Harry and David Wine. And I went, what? And I 
yeah, they they do a wine. They have a red and they have a Chardonnay. I have no idea what it's like, where it's from or anything. It didn't say anything about it. It just said Harry and David wine. But you have to assume that it is good because their fruit is just so wonderful. And then you have to assume it's pretty expensive, too. Sparkling wines all over the United States. New York makes some great sparkling wines. California, obviously, there are some wonderful sparkling wines coming out of California or have been for years. Uh, my dad, many, many years ago, when I lived in California, came out to visit. We went to Napa. We had an opportunity to go to a couple of wineries. One of them was Franzburg in uh, California. And my dad was really impressed. He said, as far as he's concerned, that was the best sparkling wine he had since once he had in France. So uh, that's saying quite a bit because he's not that he's an expert on it, but it's just when you bring back flavors and tastes of something that you've had in the past like that, then it's always impressive. And then there's a lot of sparkling wines coming out of, like I say, New York, Washington State, out of uh, Oregon, and a lot of other states will make a sparkling wine too. So you can always find your sparkling wine for the area and region you want. A lot of them from the United States are a little less expensive. They're going to be a, a better quality if you look for ones that are doing the champagnes all the time and, and are sparkling wines all the time. Or you can... Just go with some old favorites if you you know like a a uh, little bit well I, I don't want to say sweeter but lighter style prosecco. You can also go with German sect s e k t sect is a German term for sparkling wines. Uh, the majority of sect is made by the Charmat method, not the traditional Charmat method. And, and the premium sect is made with the traditional method. Uh, but cheese sparkling wine made with CO2 injections must not be called sect, but rather Schwamm wine, or the German meaning literally foam wine. So if you see something called Schwamm wine with bubbles, and that is just it's injected with CO2 just to make it bubbly. Uh, Semi-sparkling wine is called Perlwein, P-E-R-L-W-E-I-N, a wine. And about 90% of all sect is imported to Italy, Spain, and France. So we find it here in the States. It's not that common, but if you do see a German sect, S-E-K-T sect, then that is uh, the German sparkling wine. Uh, Hungarian makes a sparkling wine called Prezgo, P-E-Z-S-G-O. Uh, that is uh, Hungarian for sparkling wine. Uh, the Soviet Union even has their sparkling wine. 
uh, Sov- uh, Soviet Champagne, that's what it's called, and it's uh, Sovietko, uh, Sovietkoi uh, Champenskoi, um, usually very sweet. I don't think you're going to see a lot of it here. Most of that comes out of Georgia, Armenia, Belarus, Moldova, and Ukraine. That's uh, where the regions that used to make it. And most of the version is made with the muscat grape. So it makes it a little bit sweeter. Romanian sparkling wine is called Pen. Pancu, P-A-N-C-I-U. Pancu, Pan, I believe it's Pancu. And that tends to uh, be made with uh, Chardonnay and a mix of Chardonnay grapes. And it tends to be a little bit drier. They use the traditional method. Uh, been making champagne for uh, quite a long time, quite a few years. But recently they've They've upped their quality, so uh, Romanian sparkling wine. And English sparkling wine, uh, England, uh, started doing it in the, in the mid-1960s. Uh, English winemakers started to grow varieties, uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Noir, and they do make a sparkling wine now that is... Uh, Blended with a lot of other varieties, different varieties and all that. Uh, about 2 million bottles annually come out of England. Uh, the, uh, I say England, I guess I should say uh, the United Kingdom more so than England. And Canada has their share of sparkling wines. Uh, they do call it sparkling wines, as does Australia, Chile, and South Africa. You can add those to the list. Uh, in South Africa, a Method Cap Classique, or MCC, is any sparkling wine made by the classic method and undergoing the second fermentation of the bottle. So if you see a South African sparkling wine, look for MCC on the label. And that means that it's done in the traditional method. And uh, Chile makes quite a few. 1.6 million bottles are exported overseas every year. They uh, haven't really established a big portfolio for Chilean sparkling wines, but uh, they do ship quite a bit of it. Most of it is off dry and some ranging from very, very dry, uh, bone dry sparkling wines. And then they uh, go to off dry demi-sacs, which tend to be a little bit sweeter, but not as sweet as some of the others. So over the next two or three weeks, you have an opportunity to pick up different champagnes and different sparkling wines and different anything in the stores, then do so. It is simple, easy, good holiday drinks, good drinks anytime. And I've said this over and over. If you listen to past shows, you've heard me. Uh, wax poetic about sparkling wines. I is they are great things to have, great things to have in in your cabinet, in your refrigerator. Friends come over, and they would really be surprised if you popped open a bubbly for them instead of just offering them the standard old Chardonnay or something like that. Grab yourself a bottle of Cava or or Secta or 
Prosecco or anything from Mont and pour them a little bit of bubbly on their visit. And that's it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, shelf life. I don't know if uh, in my notes here I didn't see anything as far as shelf life. You open the bottle up and um, is it right away or? Yeah, well, the problem is with trying to save a sparkling wine is it's got the bubbles, got that pressure. That's why you yeah. have the uh, pressurized cork and the, and the uh, wire on top, uh, which the wire is a lot of decoration. When you do open a bottle, and, and I, let me address that for those of you who are opening a bottle. When you do open a bottle, the, thank you, the colder it is, the less it's going to pop. The warmer that bottle is, the further that cork is going to fly. So chill it a little bit. And, you know, if, I mean, if you want to grab yourself a warm bottle and, and point the cork at somebody you don't like across the room, it'll probably hit them. That's why whenever you see sporting events, uh, championships, you always see them spraying champagne all over. Those are warm bottles of champagne. If it were cold, it wouldn't spray that much. But hmm. when you open a bottle of bubbly, get it chilled and put a towel over the top of the cork and then rock the cork back and forth. It's as simple as just rocking it forward, turn the bottle a bit, rocking it again. And it just, if you just press the cork a little bit up and, and out, just a little bit each time, uh, four or five presses, and the cork should pop right out into the uh, into the towel. And that way you don't risk hitting anyone with it and all that. So uh, it's simple as that. But, you know, do chill it. Don't, don't do it warm because it will fizz and bubble over and all that. Keep it, keep it chilled. So when you open a bottle, and once you open it, because of the pressure, it's really difficult to to save it on the shelf, to put it put it away and save it because of the pressure. There are champagne recorks. You can't get the cork back in. I mean, once that cork pops out of a, a champagne, I say champagne as a generic term here, like Kleenex, not just French. Uh, once you pop that cork up a bottle of champagne or any sparkling wine, the end of the cork expands tremendously. You never get it back into the bottle. There are recorking corks out there made for champagne that you put it on and there's a lever on the top and you lock it down so it doesn't blow it out. And uh, so if you don't finish it, be sure you have something like that to put it on it because there's no other item that's going to be able to hold the, the pressure into it and be able to do it. So interesting. Huh. Didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering once once you open it, it's yeah. Once you um, open it, pretty much drink it. Because you start losing yeah. and, and you also once it's open and you know you're gonna start losing some of the bubbies in it and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. best to, to plan on finishing it. Yeah. It's like soda or, or pop or Coke yeah. or whatever you yeah. call it in your area. It's uh, exactly. you know, If you leave a, a bottle or whatever, it goes flat, and then you lose all that, that uh, carbonation, I guess, the fizz in there. So, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely uh, change it. So Same thing with good. champagne. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, we are at uh, eight. 
8:15 p.m. here, and um, we are we've been going good so far on Facebook since we came back. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah, good. Always, a, always an experiment. It seems like next yeah. next year I think we'll be okay. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. Um, that's twenty three. We. Away. That's right. It's getting close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will be back. <laughs> we'll be back uh, next Thursday. That is uh, December the nineteenth. Uh, right here on Blog Talk Radio and Facebook Live. And uh, so we'll see you then. Thank you for uh, tuning in, as always. And um, have a great week and a, and a great safe weekend. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you all very much. See you next week. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Yep, be safe out there. Oh. <laughs> this concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, Links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook. Or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. (laughs) 